0: Today, I'd like to challenge you to rethink the way you look at stress. We've all been taught that stress is something to be avoided, that we need to remove stress from our lives as best we can. This has been the conventional wisdom for decades. But what if regarding stress as a friend rather than a foe could serve to make stress something that works for us rather than against us? What if there was such a thing as good stress? This is the question that my guest on this week's show has been exploring about a year ago during the start of the pandemic yoga and meditation instructor, David McGone found that he needed to pivot from in-person classes to online instruction. And at the same time, he also rose to the immediate need that he saw globally that everyone on the planet needed to boost their immunity to help them survive the pandemic. So, he developed his good stress method. The idea is both contrary to conventional wisdom and utterly simple. We've all been taught that stress is a leading cause of multiple health issues, but David started experimenting and found that good stress actually makes you healthier, stronger, and more successful by optimizing your immune system. In this conversation, you'll hear how David successfully pivoted to video by running his teaching online, and how you can start practicing good stress to not only maintain your optimal health, but also optimal success in all areas of your life. Recorded live in Boston, Massachusetts, this is the live stream Show. In a world full of underexposed entrepreneurs, the live stream show is your gateway to a global community of Livestream pioneers who dare to go live and create something special and unexpected which could only happen because it was live. I'm your host, Brad Powell. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show, David. <laughs>
1: Thanks for having me, Brad. It's good to see you again,
0: man. Yes, likewise, totally. So I want to go back into the start of, you know, first of how we knew each other. Your earlier work was really as a yoga and meditation instructor. And you were not the normal yoga teacher, as far as I can tell. In fact, you had developed your own method and your own way of looking at and teaching yoga. And Can you talk a little bit about, about that work and how it developed like how you developed it and and just sort of your whole philosophy yeah so
1: i'm deeply respectful of traditional yoga practices they've been around for thousands of years at this point and uh they're very effective one thing that i noted as a modern teacher of yoga though is that there are a lot of just sort of indiscrepancies between systems and specifically when it came to how to organize practices and when it came to uh things regarding how to align your body while in different yoga poses everybody's ideas were all over the spectrum. And in particular, when I started to train teachers, that was problematic because, you know, students would get one set of instructions in one place and a completely different set of instructions in another place. So in that gap, I saw the uh, opportunity to help optimize yoga to make it a little bit more modern. So what I did is I applied structural engineering principles to human body position to find some of the most effective ways to develop flexibility rapidly. Um, I also applied a technique used by Olympic athletes called periodization to weekly and monthly practice programming. And that was very effective because it helped uh, students avoid overuse injuries that come about when you're not practicing effectively. Um, so really, you know, I did my best to modernize the practices with those particular modern applications to traditional techniques. While at the same time, um, really uh, deeply respecting the modern uh, or the uh, the ancient sort of meditative aspects of the tradition with more traditional meditation teachings.
0: Well, OK, so that has led to this much more recent sort of evolution of the kind of work you're doing. And, you know, we started working together about a year and some ago. And it was right around the time of the start of the pandemic. So a couple of things were happening. One was that the ability to teach yoga or any other kind of thing in person, (laughs) all of a sudden was no longer possible. Uh, You know, no one was able to meet in any kind of gathering in person. And so there was this need to On the one hand, figure out, okay, so if I'm going to be an instructor and do anything like this, I need to take my Mm. practice into the virtual space. And you've done a lot of movement in that direction. And at the same time, more than ever, all of a sudden, humans were being challenged worldwide in a way that we haven't been for at least a couple of generations. And you've had this really amazing response to it by starting to experiment with what you're now calling good stress. This is voiceover, Brad, and I'm inserting myself because I'm just about to play a video clip that shows David's work. David and videographer Arlen Fonseca made this beautiful short documentary which shows David on a snowy day walking barefoot and bare-chested on a snow-covered, frozen pond, chopping through the ice with an axe, and then hopping in.
1: many people winter is the darkest time of the year for me it's different winter is a special season it's my refuge it brings me peace it makes me feel alive it hasn't always been that way when I was 12 I lost a friend while we were hiking near a frozen wolf I developed PTSD It took years to learn to cope but as I grew older I started learning new skills to help me heal. These included yoga and Tibetan meditation. Many of these practices required that I meditate in the cold. At first, I was afraid. I thought I would be triggered. But then, I took a leap of faith and decided to confront my fear. To my surprise, Rather than breaking me, the cold made me stronger. With time, my practices transformed me. I learned to once again find beauty in the darkest time of the year. I discovered how to use the elements to fight my trauma, to tame my demons, and to calm my soul. Sometimes when people see me in the snow, they think I'm crazy. But the truth is, that's how I found my sanity. People always tell me that they could never do the things that I do. And I'm here to say otherwise. You can do all of this and more. These abilities are the birthright of every human being. You're capable of so much more than you think you are. If you allow yourself to truly make contact with the earth, the earth can heal and transform you as well. I'm David McGone, and I'm here to help you change your body and free your mind.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> here we're just looking at that again. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't that long ago. I mean that was me just, you know, what, a couple months ago or even less?
1: It's hard to believe. It's so nice now, but yeah, that was a very snowy day a few months back.
0: Right, right. So when I look at this, I have so many things to wonder about. I am a person who actually likes to jump in cold water. This is something I do and have done for years and years. And walking barefoot in the snow (laughs) with a smile on your face. I mean, can you just describe a little bit about what you do to allow yourself to do that with a certain amount of comfort
1: yeah so there are um, it's, it's basically broken down into two categories um, part of it is purely mental um, for that the um, meditations that I do are very helpful so I have apprenticed with a Tibetan monk for about 13 years now and they teach specific techniques that um, can help you stay warm in cold environments they're primarily oriented around breath control techniques now, when you meditate over and over again, you get used to concentrating on one single thing for long periods of time. And for me, that's really helpful when I'm in a cold environment because you can mentally push the cold out. But if you let your concentration soften at any given point or you check out, the cold starts to creep in. Um, so the mental training aspect of it is really helpful for pushing away the cold. Now, the second of it, it the second part of it is purely physical, Brad. Our human bodies have an enormous capacity to deal with cold in particular, Um, but we've kind of forgotten about that because we're always in temperature controlled rooms. You know, if your room is always 65, 75 degrees, the underlying mechanisms that allow you to deal with the cold are never triggered. And as a consequence of that, you only wind up comfortable when you're in a pretty warm room. So what I do to get ready for the cold is I start cold acclimating in the fall. And it's very simple. I just let myself get cold. So I don't put on a coat when I'm driving down the road. When it starts to get chilly, I roll down the windows to get wind blowing across my body. (laughs) I retrain the capillaries of my hands and feet by soaking my hands and feet in ice water every day. And after about four weeks, um, what happens is because I haven't allowed myself to shiver in any of those particular circumstances, my body has to come up with a different way to stay warm. And it does that by converting some of the white fat into my body into a substance called brown fat. The brown fat has more mitochondria and the mitochondria gobble up energy. That energy produces heat. So when I'm walking around outside, because I've cold acclimated, I quite literally have a little heater system inside of myself that makes it easier to stay warm. And at the same time, the breathing techniques that I use with the Tibetan meditation are enough to give me an additional buffer. So it was quite effective. My my record at this point, Brad, is um, I was out for three hours at, um, on a day where there are 25 mile an hour winds and the real fuel temperature was negative 10 degrees below zero. I was out for three hours at those temperatures, nothing but a pair of uh, ski boots and um, swimming trunks and a, and a hat. And that was it. I didn't shiver <laughs> once and I felt completely warm the entire time.
0: It's, wow. it's mind blowing. That's so amazing. Crazy. That's That's amazing. So talk a little bit about the benefits of all of that. For us mere mortals <laughs> who shiver at the thought <laughs> of, of even stepping outside on a, on a blustery day, <laughs> a really common thing that a lot of people have heard about is, well, why not take a cold shower every morning? You know, that could be a relatively simple step in that direction. So if I'm doing that kind of thing, what am I really doing for myself? So
1: when you're doing a cold shower or exposing yourself to cold, um, you're, you're doing a number of different things. But um, one thing in particular is you're triggering a norepinephrine hit. So when the cold water hits your body, I'm sure that everybody here has experienced this. You start to hyperventilate a little bit. Your heart, your heartbeat really elevates and you start to feel a little jacked on energy. Um, what's happening at that point is you have this whole chemical cocktail of different hormones running through your body to get uh, that are sending you into fight or flight mode. Um, the fight or flight mode gets you ready to fight or flee the threat that you're experiencing. Now, what's interesting is that substance that I mentioned, norepinephrine, is actually found in a lot of different drugs for ADHD and depression. So, by taking that cold shower, even just a 15 to 30 second hit, you're going to get a pretty substantial norepinephrine hit. And after that, you typically get a mood boost and, uh, uh, and a marked increase in your ability to concentrate. Now, separately, um, cold water swimmers have reported for decades that they report uh, fewer incidences of uh, colds and flus over the course of the wintertime. Um, There's some research to back that up. And it's only anecdotal in my case alone, but I used to have on average four colds per year every single year for my entire life. And at this point, knock on wood, I haven't had a cold for over two years Um, that I have to qualify can be because I've been wearing a mask more during covid. Even so, previous to that, I was still over a year without a cold. And for me, I've never experienced that in my life. So it's really pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, And I wonder, like, you know, this whole thing of inner inner heat seems to me like that can be manifested in a bunch of ways. You and I both live in New England. The winters here are long and dreary. (laughs) And honestly, from an energetic perspective, we can use as much inner heat as, as we can get. You know, like as people who are out there in the world doing things, we all have our certain ambitions, our creative pursuits. And having this kind of change in our physiology, it seems to me that it would lend itself really well to helping us do just about anything we decided we wanted to do. You know, there's plenty of days in the wintertime, especially, I'll get up and it's so dreary <laughs> that I just just soon... I feel like a bear and I just want to go hibernate. You know, it's like, okay, uh, wake me up in spring, will you? (laughs) (laughs) Can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, you're someone who's really pushing the envelope of all this. What has this been doing for you in your work and the things that you see happening that are more in the realm of, yeah, my whole life has got this different thing going?
1: For me, Brad, it's been really transformative. So I too used to really hate the colds. I think I mentioned that at the beginning of the video. So um, you know, when my friend died, I developed PTSD and that meant that I had flashbacks every time I went into a cold environment. And they weren't like memories, like actual flashbacks would pop into my head of the incident. So I was just really uncomfortable around cold environments. Now I was really surprised, but as part of my Tibetan meditation, as I was practicing Tumo or chandali, the inner fire meditation outside and Part of that um, just required that I cold Aquamate, which is why I was jumping in ponds and walking around without my shoes on and things like that. And one day I just realized the flashbacks completely disappeared. So um, I think it was exposure therapy. Honestly, just being in that environment over and over again, learning how to to make myself feel safe in there. I don't know what happened, but something uh, tipped in my mind and I haven't had a flashback for a really long time now, which has been absolutely amazing. Well, yeah, no, that aside, man, the the other thing I wanted to mention that's probably more applicable to the general audience um, who doesn't suffer from PTSD is that I think the whole thing has helped me learn how to be comfortable with discomfort. You know, when people see me in the snow and I'm walking around and I'm not shivering, they assume that it's 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 really comfortable But the truth of it is, it's not always like sometimes if I'm in an icy lake, I feel like there are pins and needles firing into my skin. Um, Like when I walk up a mountainside without a jacket on in the winter, it feels like I'm being whipped on my back with the wind. But I know that I'm okay, and I know that I'm strong enough in the inside. So what I've learned how to do and what the cold has forced me to learn how to do is to just let that be an uncomfortable sensation. I understand the science behind it. I know what my threshold is. And as long as I'm able to keep an eye on my body to make sure I'm safe, I can let that discomfort be there while still proceeding anyway. And better yet, I can actually turn that discomfort into a source of power and energy that helps me do remarkable things. Now, for me, at least, I think that applies to every single thing you can do in life. So it's been really transformative in, <laughs> in that respect.
0: Yeah. And let's let's talk a little bit about this past year. Like, I know, and p- part of this isn't the work that we did together, but even since then, you know you've really done a lot in terms of moving the work that you do and being able to work with people online. And I remember we were talking about setting up virtual classroom, running a program online that people would come, and as opposed to what you had been doing, which was teaching a yoga class at a studio. And this is nothing against the studios, but when I know all the yoga teachers, you know, when they're working with a the studio, they have an arrangement where the studio is going to bring the students and they charge the students. And the yoga teacher gets a portion of what the students are paying, and which puts a, a ceiling on what any yoga teacher can earn, no matter You know, no matter how good you are, (laughs) you're working in a space where the room is only so big and the cost of the class is only so much. And so no matter how many classes you're teaching during the week, you have the ceiling of what's possible. And in the virtual space, that ceiling is, you know, theoretically removed. You know, number one, it's, it's you, like you're the one who's in control, so you can charge the fee that you charge for your classes and you don't necessarily have to split it with the owner of a studio. So I recalled some fairly early successes when you were first starting to offer classes online. (laughs) So what was your experience in in getting started and then fill in sort of some of the gaps around? Like I know now that you've got a brand new website, you've got a membership thing going there. Like it, it looks really great.
1: Thank you. So my first response was sheer horror. I mean, thankfully, Brad, you and I had been actually working with one another as it happened. That was like the best twist of fate ever. Um, But I've always made my living in the real world. You know, I filmed videos for cable TV and internet for over a decade, but I've always had someone producing my content. Mm -hmm. And so I was very rapidly taken to the point where my career collapsed overnight. Um, I didn't have any distribution deals in the pipes and those were closed down because the studios weren't, usually have to fly somewhere to fill those videos and the distributors were just not finding anybody anywhere because of COVID. So I had to quickly figure out how to, uh, film my own content. Um, thankfully you and I had been discussing that for a while. So I felt like I had a a platform at that point. But, um, one of the first things that I did was just simple zoom videos. You know, I had to get things up to speed really quick and, um, they were great. Like, honestly, I had 70 or 80 people taking those classes and paying for the classes. And that was such a huge relief to, to know that my entire career hadn't collapsed overnight. <laughs> and that there were still people who were interested in doing what I was doing. Now, what I figured out pretty quickly is the videos didn't look great. I literally put my laptop in my living room and I demonstrated from there. And I, I really just wanted to give something of greater quality. So eventually, I ran across my uh, business partners, uh, uh, Stephen Labuda. And he's a, a great sales and marketing guy. And he's also uh, got some skill with uh, with film. So he and I, you know, we sort of integrated tips that you gave us regarding lighting and other such things into what we did. We set up a really nice film space and then we started to crank out higher level quality. Um, rather than just having one laptop, we have a couple of phones that we uh, we film from that allows us to have multiple camera angles and uh, sort of a more sophisticated look for the videos. And because the video was higher level content and it looked so nice, we were able to parlay that into a membership. Site where we uh, offer people a monthly membership as well as a yearly membership or drop-in memberships for those people who want to come on a regular basis.
0: Cool. Awesome. So what are your plans for the future in terms of, you know, you're bringing on this, this good stress as a methodology. How do you see that fitting in with, with all the other stuff that you've been doing up until now?
1: You know what, Brad? It's been such an interesting discovery process. I mean, after I got so much healing from cold, I just started to think, man, what else is possible? <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I really dug into it deeply. And it turns out that there are other stressors that are really great for you. So you can expose yourself to heat and you get massive health, health benefits from, uh, from that. Um, you can expose yourself to uh, different compounds in the forest with forest walking. That's rest of your system a little bit, but it leads to really amazing boosts in creativity and insight and uh, even anti-cancer cells called NK cells in your body. Even those boost in forested environments. Um, similarly, I've also learned about the role uh, uh, that exercise plays. Um, exercise is in essence, stressing your body out and that stress inoculates you against illness over the long period of time. That's clear. Uh, People who spend time doing some regular exercise are oftentimes healthier and they have better outcomes than people who are sedentary. So they all play into the idea of good stress. Uh, Yoga is a good stressor. Uh, Forest walking is a good stressor. The heat component and the cold component are all good stressors. So my plan moving forward is to do sort of a hybridized system where I do distance based training on my membership website for people who want to learn how to use these modalities to heal and become more robust. And at the same time, we'll be offering more real world programs once COVID is in so that people can come together as a group to learn how to do these things for themselves. I mean, everything that I've talked about and everything that I do is something that any person can do. It's I'm not special in any way, shape or form. So I'm just really excited to use the online world and the real world to show people that they're capable of so much more than they think they are.
0: Yeah. And we are. (laughs) We totally are. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay, so if someone wants to hook up with you, like starting right now, where's the best way? Where do they find you?
1: So I can be found in a number of different places. Um, Right now, my uh, website has primarily yoga videos. There will be more good stress content as we move forward. But the website is davidmagone.com, M-A-G-O-N-E. It's the best way to find me there. I'm also on Facebook and I'm uh, on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. And I post uh, a little more content about the good stress method on both Facebook as well
0: as Instagram. This is great. Do you have any sort of last takeaway (laughs) that you'd like to share with people today?
1: Yeah, man, I think if you have any resonance with anything that I've talked about, one of the easiest things that you could do is integrate a short cold shower into your day. Um, It turns out that most of the antidepressant and um, sort of focusing qualities that come from cold exposure happen pretty rapidly, um, which means that you don't have to suffer through a five minute cold shower. If you get in the hot shower, make it really, really warm and cozy. Turn that tap on cold for 15 seconds. Like, so, if hyperventilate a little bit, let that uh, cold hit your body. It will give you a mood, a mood boost and it will also help you concentrate. And it can actually be one of the most amazing ways to use a good stressor to have a better day. So, I
0: would start with that. Thank you so much for coming on. And for all you guys who have tuned in, uh, I want to tell you of a couple things. One is that you can join this show live every single Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're live streaming on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, (laughs) all four locations. And so we're basically bringing ourselves to wherever you like to be on the Internet. But in addition to that, if watching a video isn't your preferred way to get this content, we've also just created an audio podcast and you can listen to any of these episodes. Every episode is edited down and then archived as an audio podcast. And then you can get it on your phone. And then when you're out doing any of these things, you could be in your cold shower. You could be on your forest walk. <laughs> you could be cutting a hole in the ice and listening to David on this episode. And you can find that at thelivestreamshow.com. And that's it. I will see you guys next week, Thursday at three o'clock. Until then, So long.
2: I wish I was above the center of attention, but I'm not. I wish I didn't have to give in to the pressure. Uh oh. Mm. I'm posting pictures, trying to be someone I'm not. It feels just like I'm lying to you. I fake it, stage it, trying to live some perfect life. I know I'm wasting time. I just wanna call my friends and see what they're doing tonight. It doesn't have to be so special. I try to be myself. You do the same, and we'll be alright. tension, but I'm not I wish I didn't have to give into the pressure